For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Oh, hit it out. Oh, baby, what a play. This is Jeff Fedotin with Believe in Chiefs on the Believe Network, Kansas City's number one sports podcast network. The only place with a show for every team in KC and more. We believe in our teams. Do you believe? On this week's show, former Kansas City Chiefs, Offensive lineman Joe Valerio and I recap the AFC Championship game and talk Super Bowl 57. Joe, the Chiefs are headed to the promised land for the third time in four years. Jeff, you know, we know how hard it is to get back there. You know, we've talked about the stat before that, you know, there's only been one, you know, returning or or back-to-back Super Bowl winner in the last 20 years, and that was the uh, Dynasty Patriots. So we know how hard it is. I mean, and amazing that we've done getting there three times in, in four years. So pretty awesome feat. It says a lot about the team, especially when you look at the consistency that has been there, but then also the non-consistency or lack of consistency that has been there, right? When you think about some of the personnel changes, the revamped O-line, revamped receiving core, you know, revamped defense. I mean, up and down the up and down the roster. You know, it's it's like almost like a new team, except for some of the core. Obviously, Patrick, Travis, Andy Reid, Eric Bieniemy, Steve Spagnuolo. So, you know, yeah, there's there's some consistency there, or consistency there. But um, there's also a lot of change. So, really, really hard to do that. And amazing that we're going to get to experience this you know, one more time, which is just awesome. And I'm sure the fans are over the moon right now. And it's also amazing. It, it pretty much sets up the Joe Valerio Bowl. Uh, Joe, you, you know, you played for the Chiefs, but you grew up in Philadelphia, still live there. So, Joe, you know who I'm rooting for. I'm rooting for a team to win in a quick game so I can file my story on time. That's like a true grizzled sports writer. Joe, who who you got in the Joe Valerio Bowl? Where's your heart? Where's your heart leaning? Yeah, well, you know, funny Jeff, I'm gonna I'm gonna pull a Joe Montana when the 49ers <laughs> uh, were, um, you know, were 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 uh, in the Super Bowl against the Chiefs, and you know, he kind of pulled the whole I'm I'm rooting for the team in red, right? Uh, which he couldn't lose, and I don't feel like I can lose in this, right? I mean, look, do. Do I have mixed, uh, you know, allegiances? Of course I do, right? I mean, who wouldn't, right? I don't think any fan, Kansas City or Philadelphia, would fault me for having a little bit of a mixed, a mixed allegiance, right? I mean, I grew up in Philadelphia. It was the team I watched growing up, just like you growing up in Kansas City and watching mm-hmm. the Chiefs your whole life and rooting for them. I mean, that's the team that I, I grew up with. Uh, And I live here in Philadelphia. However, I played for the Chiefs. You know, the organization holds a place near and dear in my heart. We cover them on our podcast. Uh, So, you know, I'm going to go right down Broadway and say I can't lose either way. Right, Jeff? Um, I just want it to be a great game. And I am so pumped about my expectations for this game outside of the football that's going to be played I have a very good feeling, Jeff, that this is going to be a game 
where two well-respected teams with two well-respected fan bases who are really not trash talkers um, are going to come together on Super Bowl Sunday. Because when you look at the fan base in Philadelphia, while they're a very gritty bunch, you know, and everybody knows that about Philadelphia fans, they're gritty. Heck, the mascot for the Flyers name is gritty. Literally gritty. Literally <laughs> yeah. gritty. And, and they're rough. They're rough fans. You know, you go to the stadium. It's, it's, I'm not saying it's not a friendly place, but uh, it's, it's rough, you know, rough to go there as, as a visiting fan. If you act up, you know, if you go there and you do your thing, people will generally leave you alone. Um, but they're also a respectful bunch that respects good teams, both coming into Lincoln Financial Field or playing on neutral fields, as we're going to be playing in, in the Super Bowl in Arizona. Um, they're, they're good about really respecting good teams who play hard and are just as gritty as they are, which the Chiefs are. And the Chiefs, that organization speaks for itself from top to bottom starting with the Hunt family and what an unbelievable, respectful organization they are. So I really don't think we're going to see a lot of trash talking. I really don't. I think, of course, I would I would expect fans to say, we're going to beat you, we're going to win, and this is why. That's part of being a fan. But I really doubt that we're going to see anything escalate to the level that we saw with the Bengals and you know the mayor and some of the stuff that was – you know, kind of came out after the game. I'm not a big, I'm not really big into the trash talk and I don't, I don't like it. You know, win, win with your pads, win with your helmet, win with, you know, the way you block and tackle and throw and catch, um, you know, you, you just, you don't, cause you don't win games, uh, you know, with bulletin board material. Speaking of mayor Joe, with that great answer of who you're rooting for, I think you could have some political aspirations in your future. Yeah. This is a very, very, very politically correct answer, wasn't it, Jeff? <laughs> I, I can't lose uh, with this game. But, you know, look, I, there's, I'm sure I'm going to have my ups and downs and who who I'm going to want to see win this game for various reasons. And uh, I have lots of reasons on both sides of the ball. It's uh, it's very cool. You mentioned how Joe Montana said uh, the team in red, it was fun. The last, uh, the Chiefs' last, uh, Super Bowl victory against the 49ers, I was there and I was able to ask him that question. And he got like a little smirk. I don't know if he if you saw that smirk when you were playing with him, and he he answered kind of slyly, sarcastically to the team in red. Uh, Joe, tell the fans too. You had an interesting experience watching this game that we're after. After we talk about the story, we'll get into the AFC Championship game and preview the Super Bowl because the AFC Championship game, a great game, really well played. Both teams were playing so hard and so intensely, and it it was gripping and intense. And as the game came down to the wire, you had an interesting experience. I did, Jeff. So we were in Miami for work and, um, you know, it wasn't my, you know, it wasn't my uh, favorite thing to have to be doing during championship weekend, especially with, you know, my hometown Eagles and and my, my team, the Chiefs, both in, in the conference championships. But we were able to watch, we were on a late flight, which worked out really well. Uh, and uh, we were coming back to Philadelphia. Uh, our flight wasn't until nine and it didn't actually take off until about nine 30 was delayed a little, just a tiny little bit caught all of the Eagles game um, at a local sports bar in Miami uh, near the hotel where we were staying and started to watch a little of the chiefs game. And then we put it on our phones and we, we watched uh, all the way up to the airport. It was on in the airport. Um, just had to put the phone down for a quick second as we were going through um uh, through through uh, security, but we made it through security easy. Got right back to the game. Didn't miss really anything at all. Get go for takeoff. 
hit the on on air, you know, in plane, uh, free TV, watching the game. Oh, the whole plane was watching, by the way. I could see everybody had their iPads, their <laughs> phones, computers. Everybody's watching the game. Jeff, with two minutes left in the game, the airplane lost internet service, which was crazy. So it was just when the when the Bengals uh, got the ball from the Chiefs punt with you know two ish minutes left. However, you know, forget exactly how how much time was left when the, when the Bengals took over the ball, um, you know, deep in their territory to go for their what would have been or could have been their game winning drive when it was twenty twenty, and we get no internet. And it's like. What? And people were scrambling. You could see people re- talking to each other. How do I get on? What do I do this? Why is the game on? <laughs> and everybody's going back and forth. And I'm like, oh, man. First of all, and then I'm thinking, all right, hey, at the very least, I've got NFL Plus and, you know, we'll be able to we'll be able to watch the rest of the game at some point, uh, you know, during the trip. But with when so the Internet comes back on and all of a sudden everybody goes, oh, there was like a hush fell over the plane. And then everybody's back on their phones and it's Harrison Bucker lining up for the game winning field goal. And we're like, what the heck just happened? Like, how did we go from the, the Bengals going for what, what could have been their game winning drive with, you know, two, two or a little less time left, two minutes or less time left in the game to now the chiefs kicking the game winning field goal 2020. And was like, what happened? How did, what happened? So obviously went, was able to get onto NFL plus as soon as the game ended after we watched all the, post-game hype and then watch that last drive or lack of drive by the Bengals and having to uh, turn the ball over to the Chiefs. Then the amazing Sky Moore punt return, you know, the Patrick scramble, the field goal, and just, you know, an amazing uh, ending to that game. And I think it lived up to uh, its billing for sure. Definitely did. Now, Joe, I'm curious, your aside from just the frustration not being able to watch it and being out of your control, I'm curious because the the Bengals got the ball back with 2.30 left. I, Is that what I it was, 2.30? Yeah. 2.30. Uh, and, and it really was two minutes because they, they ran one play. I'm looking at the play-by-play now. Yeah. They ran one play um, and then a two-minute warning. So it's really and, – and they were on the six. So they had the ball on the 16, um, first and 10 from the 16 with two minutes. So it really was two minutes. But I, I thought the Chiefs were going to lose at that point. I thought Burrow is so good in these situations. Did you think when it when the um, the, the feed went out, the Wi-Fi went out, well, what did you think the Bengals were going to win this game? Well, well, yeah, I mean, you know, barring something obviously magical happening, like you know, the 13 second play, Buffalo, mm-hmm. you know, if, if 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 Patrick could could recreate and the offense could recreate that magic, um, yeah, I mean, you had to think that it kind of whoever was going to have the ball last in this game was right. going to win it. That's I mean, right. that's really so. I'm thinking, all right, the Bengals, you know, they 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 were able to move the ball pretty decently. Um, I think we talked about it all week, how, how this, uh, you know, this team uh, or, or the, the, the defense really is where is, it w- was really squarely holding the pressure of this game on their shoulders. And we kind of thought that I was really proud of myself. In fact, that I think my prediction was 21, 20, uh, the chiefs would win. So I was really awfully close. close. Yeah. It, it wasn't, you know, I mean, 20, 23, 20 is not a bad scoring game in the NFL, but it's still a relatively low scoring game for both of these teams. Um, and I felt like the defense really, you know, I, I, I give them a lot of credit, you know, as much as the magic of Patrick playing hurt and, and being able to get that last drive and get, get in field goal range. I mean, I think the defense really, you know, put the game on their shoulders and, and have to get big the lion's share of credit for for winning for winning this game i really do and i, and I think 100%. patrick and 
Patrick Mahomes and Travis and all the offensive players would probably uh, would probably say the same. You know, there was a couple of things that were a little frustrating in this game. You know, I the the uh, the taunting call, you know, was was one that really stuck with me uh, with Andrew Wiley's taunting call, because I think that if because it just set the Chiefs back 15 yards back to where they they, you know, were starting to do some things they didn't need to do. And then Patrick, you know, fumbles the ball. Um, after he, you know, bobbled that snap. Um, and, and it just like, I was like, Oh, Andrew, like, come on, like Lyman don't taunt Lyman, just get up and go and keep doing it. You know, like that was, in a, cause that was my first thing is I can't, I don't want that to lose the mm-hmm. game. And then all of a sudden I'm watching the push out of bounds. I'm going, wow, that just lost them the game. And it's like, Oh, like these silly mistakes can really cost you. And it's a cautionary tale to players and young players who play this game in little league and high school and college, like you can't let mistakes like that. Those are, those are errors. Not, they're not errors of action. You know, errors of action are, you know, it's loud. You jump off sides. I get it. You met, you, you know, you're going against guys like Chris Jones, Frank Clark, you know, you're going against these great players. Of course, you're going to miss a block or miss a tackle or drop a ball in the end zone. Like that stuff happens. That's because you're playing the game. But like pushing a guy out of bounds and taunting like, oh, like you don't want those even missing a field goal. You can't blame somebody for missing a field goal. Come on. Right. It's hard. It's a little tiny oblong ball that you got to kick through, you know, uprights 40 yards away. But man, to lose a game for lack of concentration or doing something like that, I was it was sticking in my craw, and I was like, "Thank God that they that that we pulled this game out because I didn't want you know that to be the last thing that people remembered about Andrew Wiley was you know kind of like costing the Chiefs that 15 yards that kind of kind of made huge them fumble play. and yeah. yeah, it was a huge play, a huge play, and and so you know same thing on, on the other side of the ball with the push out of bounds, right? Think about how differently that is with if Harrison's got to kick a 50 plus yarder yeah. and how much different that is would have been 60 in that call. That would have been a, di- a very possibly as good as he is different situation. Well, more uh, on the AFC championship game and also uh, the upcoming Super Bowl. But first bet online remains your number one source for all your sports betting this season. Everything from pro and college basketball, UFC, MMA, and more. You'll always find the latest odds, Team matchup info, player news, and game trends at Bet Online. It's live betting options, free contests, and live scores for almost any sport or game imaginable. Bet Online is truly the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite leagues and events. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to join and receive your 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Make sure to use promo code BELIEVE, B L E A V, to receive your rewards. BetOnline.ag, where the game starts. Uh, Joe, you made such a good point uh, uh, about the defense coming up. That was, that was something you predicted. Um, but, yeah, I, I thought really, you know, the, the story of the game is everyone's going to talk about Mahomes and gutting it out on that of angle for, for obvious reasons. We uh, we talked about Chris Jones. He had not had a postseason sack, which I really thought was overrated. It's not like he had played great in the postseason, especially their Super Bowl victory with all those pass deflections, especially in the fourth quarter. But uh, and the way he, it had fueled him all season, not being able to sack Burrow last year, um, he he was really a key. He was dominant uh, all all game. We talked about the three keys. You know, uh, win the turnover battle. Uh, the, the Bengals had been so good about eliminating it. They did that. Um, press, 
take advantage of the Bengals beat up line. They certainly did that. Um, and they, the Bengals had gotten off to such hot starts in the playoffs, getting up on every team they played Ravens, um, bills, uh, and even the, the chiefs in the regular season, they got up ahead. The chiefs shut them out, um, in the first quarter. Uh, one thing I also want to touch on Joe is amazing is Patrick, Mahor- Patrick Mahomes's performance was on that injured ankle. I might've been more impressed of, of what he was doing with the weapons he had, even if he was healthy, they were down to three receivers, including a rookie Sky Moore and a practice squatter, Marcus Kemp, who's been on the team only half the year this year. I mean, you had Tony out, you had Hardman out, you had our boy Justin Watson was was uh, sick and missed the game. Juju went out. Uh, that that was so impressive. Yeah, that that you're right. I mean, he he was injured in physically and he was also injured in roster <laughs> like yeah, he overcame right. a lot right. of air quote injuries and you know that was uh herculean you know what what he was able to do and i think what it is really it's a testament to to the system right it's a testament to andy reed and eric Bieniemy on offense finding players that they build a playbook around and, and, you know, they don't try to, like I've said this, I've used this term before. They don't try to just jam square pegs into round holes. They get the right people um, and they build the playbook around those players up and down the roster. And, and everybody seems to fit into the system because they're finding players whose talent matches the system and they're finding a system that matches the player's talent. And it's that marriage of those two philosophies, I think that are really critical to this team's success. Um, I, I, I'm not going to say, you know, it's plug and play, but it's it makes it a lot easier, right? When when you can have players who understand the system and Patrick can find those players and, and they're not relying on exorbitant amount of speed. They're not relying on too much power. They're just relying on the talent of their players. And and I, I, I that's a great point, Jeff, that they did that with a really, really skeleton crew. Uh, to use that term. And, and I was just, I was amazed because it could have gone so poorly. Look, look, look at just what happened on the other side of the conference in the NFC with the 49ers. What yeah. a disaster, mm-hmm. right? You know, that Brock Purdy is, 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 you know, doing his thing and man, everybody's thinking he's the next, you know, could be the next Joe Burrow, right. Or it could yeah. be the next, maybe even Patrick Mahomes to a certain degree. I mean, the and, Tom Brady analogy really works. I'm not saying he's, he was good going to be as, as good as as he was and win seven Super Bowls but coming in for injury being such a late drafted guy last pick you know um yeah and 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 you know so you watch what happened and all of a sudden he, you know he's out and then all of a sudden their fourth string quarterback is out and next thing you know Christian McCaffrey's you know threatening play him at quarterback and I think he did take some snaps and Purdy goes back in like that's a system that you know that that system like relies on talent right once they once they had that rash of injuries, you know, it just didn't seem like it was going to work uh, for the 49ers. It was just one disaster after another. The other thing, too, Jeff, and, you, you know, we'll go back, get back, obviously, to Chris Jones and, and his impact about that whole sack thing. Um, you know, what I've been most proud about Chris Jones is, and, and this defense is his selfless play as it relates to getting sacks. Because it's easy to just try to pin your ears back and go get sacks, but that's not the way quarterbacks are rushed anymore. Like if you want to effectively rush a quarterback, you have to be very disciplined these mm-hmm. days. You can't like I was watching I was so worried that 
you know, Joe Burrow was going to just find those pockets within mm-hmm. the pocket that he's really good at doing. And that's what these new age quarterbacks are so darn good at. Mm-hmm. They find those pockets. And if you don't have a disciplined rush that gets up into the face of these quarterbacks and you give them that extra second or two when they just scurry up into the pocket over the guard or tackle and find that little sliver of space, you can't do that anymore. Quarterbacks don't just stand back there like the Statue of Liberty anymore. You know, they move and then it's not like they're scrambling. It's not like we're back in the days of Fran Tarkington. There's a name from the past, right? Like just dodge scrambling around and running around. It's not that kind of scrambling these quarterbacks do anymore. It's very prescriptive, precise scramble into the pocket that they're able to do. And Chris Jones, he just takes away that whole middle. And it's almost, it's kind of like, I guess the best analogy is, you know, we've used the term mush rush before, but Mm -hmm. it's like a, it's like you're almost spying with your whole defense, right? You're almost, you're almost spying with your whole defensive line. You're spying the quarterback. You're not just going after him. You're like spying him and figuring out where he's going. And it just, it seems to be effective. And, the Chiefs really had it down in in this game. So, yeah, amazing job by you know by the defense. Patrick Mahomes' Herculean effort on the injury. Travis Kelsey shows up injured and 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 comes back uh, and plays. You know, as a game time decision. Um, I just think, but Jeff, we talked about this. We we have to. I'm going to have to eat a little bit of crow in that we we kind of kept saying, well, special teams doesn't want their name in the paper. <laughs> Man, I'll tell you. And you they, called it, Joe. You said this this game. You said this game on our last pod was the one game they neither the name in the paper, and you nailed it. Butker, the game winner, and Joe. What I bet you're going to talk about is um, Sky Moore. Uh, I was so critical of the Chiefs all year for sticking with them. That that might have paid off. That might have given him show that they still had confidence in him. And man, I mean, talk about huge plays. Without his punt return, I don't think the Chiefs uh, win this. Because um, one other note, Joe, that I really think the Chiefs were running on fumes. They had so many injuries. You know, I, I thought the, um, I thought it got to the point that you could see that Mahomes' ankle was getting a little bit worse. I thought the Bengals' defense at that point was kind of playing outplaying the Chiefs' offense. So that that punt return. Uh, with the, the Chiefs' offense on fumes, so big. Yeah, it was huge. Think about the, the amount of yards that took off. I mean, you know, and the time that you don't have at that in that point in the game um, to be playing around. Right? We, you know, we lost the challenge and we're we're losing timeouts and you know different things like that. We're we're kind of playing against us, and you know, it takes a lot. It takes time to get the ball up the field, and that just you know that was a twenty-seven yard return, if I'm not mistaken, Jeff, something like that. I mean. You know, you 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 can't put a price tag on on 27 yards in one play like that, um, because when you, when you're running out of time, right? Because you limit yourself when when you're when you're up against it. You don't have your full three timeouts, right? You you gotta you gotta head towards the sideline, right? Because you want to get guys out of bounds. So, you know, the Bengals would have been able to really force players, you know to the outside and not really, you know, be, they could almost, it's not that you can't cover the middle of the field. We've seen Travis do that in the 13 second game, right. Against Buffalo, but you know, you got to stay away from the middle of the field. You can't run the ball. You know, you got to pass it. You got to stay to the outside trying to get guys out of bounds. And if something's not there, you got to throw the ball away. So you don't lose more time on the clock with a, you know, with a pass over the middle and the guy gets tackled inside the, inside the uh, sideline. So, yeah, I mean, it was that, 
that was humongous, um, that return. And of course, you know, Harrison Bucker, you know, being on point and, and being ready for that in that cold weather, it's freezing cold and, uh, which is never easy. And, you know, I've been in those games, you know, I think back to, I get, uh, you know, cold sweats and wake up with a cold sweat. Sometimes when I think about that game against Indy where we missed those three field goals and, you know, we lost 10 to seven and, you know, it was minus 10 with the wind chill and like, it's hard to kick in that weather. So, yeah, I mean, special teams really stepped up. No turnovers in special teams, nothing, no pen, no big penalties, nothing to really cause, uh, you know, cause. So they stayed their name, they kept their name out of the paper until just the right time yeah. <laughs> in the last two minutes of the game. Well, you know, I, I want to say something about there's been a lot of talk online about the officiating. I, I, I think the Bengals were, uh, you know, they got I think they got hosed on a couple calls. Uh, but I think the thing that was the most important call, the Osai uh, late hit on Mahomes was a legitimate call. And that was the most significant one. And it was ridiculous that that third down play, they stopped the Chiefs. They the 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 the, the refs just let that play go on. But, you know, they ended up stopping him anyhow, so I didn't have the, think that had a, a bearing on it. Um, anyhow, that, that's my two cents on that. Yes, I think, and I also think officiating has actually been bad throughout the season, so I think it's kind of just, you know, consistent with what we had. Yeah, I mean, it's if there's ever a petition year to make these referees full-time and tell them to stop, to quit their day jobs – get on a full-time salary, pay them whatever you want to pay them. You know, mm -hmm. the NFL turns out mega billions of dollar, dollars yeah. a year. Come on. Like, you know, you can pay, you can pay guys, you know, Patrick Mahomes has a half a billion dollar contract. Right. And he's, he's not even alone anymore in some of these big contracts, yeah. 300, $400 million contracts. Like if you're going to put, you know, whatever the salary cap, I don't even, I quite frankly, I forget what it is, a hundred million dollars or whatever you got, you got, you know, each, each team gets to spend, you know, a hundred million dollars a year, whatever the new cap is, right. So you got $200 million out on the field on any given Sunday in any given game times 32 or 16 games. Right. So guys, you know, what are we doing here? Pay these referees a ton of money to manage these games, make them go to film study, make them work out in the off season, make them lift weights and run and be in shape and, watch film and go to training camp and mini camps and just make it a full-time job. I mean, come on, like, you, you know, you, you can't, you can't, we can't afford the NFL can't afford the bad PR anymore because it's getting ridiculous. Um, so, I mean, that's my, you know, that's my rant for the day on, on, on that sort of how I'm, I feel about you. it. Um, um, and Joe, we'll, we'll um, preview the Super Bowl obviously more uh, next week. Uh, when we'll get into that, so many storylines, the Andy Reid Bowl, um, the Kelsey's playing together. Nick Sirianni used to be in Kansas City, and um, uh, Andy Reid actually brought David Coley, who was a former Texans coach. The, the Texans just hired a new coach here in Demacio Ryans. Anyhow, um, so there, there's that relationship and, of course, the Joe Valerio Bowl. But, Joe, in just about a minute here, so <laughs> – Give us kind of your first on first blush, your your thoughts of uh of this matchup, this game. Yeah, I think they're they're very complementary teams. I think they that you know they both have scrappy defenses, smart defenses, great offensive lines, great defensive lines. Um, there's really not a weakness on either side of the ball 
that the other team will take advantage of that is a big mismatch. I don't think I don't think we're going to see a lot of mismatches. That's my personal opinion. I think they have very similar running backs, right? When you look at the type of running backs, they're not there's no Derrick Henry, there's no Jamal Charles, you know, there's no, you know, Walter Payton, you know, out there that's uh, you know, going to, you know, go crazy in the run game. They're they're all solid running backs, but there's no big standouts there. All both have very good receiving cores, uh, assuming everybody's healthy. The thing is, Jeff, that I will say that I am concerned about is a strong word for the Chiefs is the RPO. Mm-hmm. It's it's really Jalen Hurts. It's it's what he's able to do, especially with this last game. Because I watched him in the 49ers game, and every time he did the run pass option, um, when he did keep the ball, he ran to the outside. He um, he so he could either slide or get out of bounds. And generally he ran to the side that was opposite his bad shoulder. Mm-hmm. So I have a feeling that he's going to be all out in this game. It's the Super Bowl. He's not going to be worried about the shoulder. Mm-hmm. He's going to be. So they're going to have their full playbook at their disposal. And that to me is the most dangerous thing the Eagles do that, you know, that will, will counteract the magic of Mahomes is. Jalen Hurts' ability to run the RPO very effectively, and he he finds creases, and it allows running it allows a lot of creases to be made because it holds the D line, it holds the linebackers, and to a certain degree, it even holds the safeties. And I think that is the thing that the Eagles are or the Chiefs are going to have to work on the most against the Eagles is the RPO, and that's the thing that differentiates Chiefs have Mahomes. Eagles have the RPO and Jalen Hurts. And I think those are two different things that are going to have to be countered by either team. You mentioned how good a job Chris Jones did in his pass rush discipline against Joe Burrow. They're certainly going to need that against Jalen Hurts. And the Eagles uh, really are going to need that RPO game to be good and effective to run the ball, to keep Patrick Mahomes off the off the, off the the field. And uh, they really need to win time of possession in this one. If you enjoy this show presented by Bet Online, please subscribe. We're available on your favorite directories iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Luminary, and TuneIn. Thanks for listening, and we'll be back next week. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B L E A V on YouTube. You know, when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.